and welcome back to the Audio DT with Rebbe T, the Audio Devar Torah with Rebbe T. This year where we talk about the Parsha of the Week with some practical lessons to keep. We're looking at Truma. We're looking at the idea of the Parsha, talking about the Mishkan and its materials, talking about the items involved in the Mishkan. It says things in Perakhaf Hay, in the Psukim Gimel through Zion. We're looking at things like Zahav, Kesev, Nechoshes. The question is, though, why point out all these materials used in the Mishkan? Simple enough question. Why not just say the Mishkan was built, it was done? And everyone did a great job. Why point out all of these different items, all of these different materials involved in the Mishkan? Rashi picks up in and it says gold, silver, and copper. They were all given voluntarily. Each person gave what his heart inspired him to give, except for the silver, which they gave equally, a half shekel for each individual. We do not find throughout the entire work of the Mishkan that more silver was required. As it is said, the silver of the community census was a becca per head. The rest of the silver which was given there in the work of the Mishkan was was given there in the work of the Mishkan voluntarily. They, the workers, made into service utensils. And then Rashi also picks up on an acacia wood. Where did they get these trees in the desert? Rabbi Tabachuma explained that our father Yaakov foresaw with the Holy Spirit that the Israelites were destined to build a Mishkan in the desert, so he brought cedars to Egypt and planted them. He commanded his sons to take them with them when they left Egypt. What foresight to see all those years ago. All those generations ago, Yaakov saw that they would need these things, so he planted them, commanding his sons to take them, and then they all gave the silver. But we're still thinking, why are we talking about all the different materials? So the Medrash Shagada points out, and the sources are from Chabad, the materials donated for the Mishkan correspond to the components of the human being. Gold is the soul. Silver is the body. Copper is the voice. Blue is the veins. Purple is the flesh. Red is the blood. Flax is the intestines. Goat hair is the hair. Ram skin dyed red is the skin of the face. Tachash skins is the scalp. Sheetim wood is the bones. Oil for lighting is the eyes. Spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense is the nose, mouth, and palate. And the shoham stones and gemstones for setting are the kidneys and the heart. So to me... Seeing these materials and seeing the explanation of the measures points out how our whole essence, our whole existence, our whole being, our physical being especially, should be involved in being in doing mitzvahs. Our hands should be doing mitzvahs and our feet should run to do mitzvahs. All aspects of our person, our guf, our body, and our nisham, of course, should be involved in doing the mitzvahs. And the Medrash also points out that Rabbi Shmuel said the materials donated from the Mishkan correspond to the heavens. Gold is the sun. Silver is the moon. Copper is the western horizon at sunset. Blue is the sky. Purple is the clouds. Red is the rainbow. Flax is the seraphim. Goat is the constellation of Capricorn. Ram skins dyed red is thunder. 
Tachash skins as lightning, Shitim wood as shooting stars, oil for lighting as the seven planets, and spices for the anointing oil and for the incense as dew and rain, Shoham's stones and gemstones for setting as hail and snow. God said, My dwelling is in the heavens. If you make me a sanctuary on earth, I shall dwell in it. But my preferred explanation is what the first one of the Midrash points out. How all these elements of the person are involved in making the Mishkan and all the materials of the Mishkan, all elements of ourselves, all elements of our bodies, of our existence, should be involved in doing mitzvah, should be involved in doing a chesed, should be involved in workings of the Torah, be involved in learning the Torah, in doing the Torah, and being involved in the Torah. We should use our different aspects of our physical selves to be involved in Torah, mitzvahs, and chesed. For example, our eyes should be used to read, to see, and to study the Gemara, to study the Torah, Should to read different articles about Judaism, about Torah, about mitzvahs, and about things we could be involved in. Our ears should be involved in hearing good things, in hearing good words, hearing words of Torah, hearing wonderful things. Our nose should be involved in smelling the sweet smells of Shabbos and Yom Tov and the spices of Havdalah. And of course, our hands should be involved in performing mitzvahs, to give out food, to hand out clothing, to dispense tzedakah, to build houses. I was thinking about Lahavdil when when coming up with the idea for the Oreo DT for this week. What what different aspects of building is there? What different aspects of making houses is there? And there's an organization, not a Jewish one, Lahavda Lahavda, they think of the organization Habitat for Humanity, where they literally build houses. I'm not sure how exactly it works. I tried going to their website. Sounds like they have people who need a house. They help them build it, and they help them work out a plan to pay for it, to use the mortgage. But the idea of being involved in building, you think of the YUCJF missions in the past pre-corona times, pre-2021 times, where they would literally send students to build with their own two hands to build houses. I think of uh, my my um, mid I forget the, what the word of it was, but um, when I was in in high school, I myself went to Israel as part of Mitnat Vim Volunteers, a wonderful, wonderful two-week mission where we would help paint, uh, build things in different houses. I think it was called Livnot Lehibanot, a wonderful, wonderful organization to help build houses and paint houses for those who are less fortunate. Really a wonderful way to get our hands, literally our hands and our bodies and ourselves involved in the mitzvah of building things, to be involved in actually working on on um, on helping people and to be involved in the building of houses for for people and it is a wonderful wonderful thing where we can be involved in helping people and I actually will talk about it in a little bit. Live Note Hebo Note was an organization I worked with. But before we talk about that, think about also feet, how our feet can be involved in, in, in also helping people. And also an, ex- an excellent idea I saw was in California, they thought of, of how to help the homeless. There's a, a major problem with homelessness across the world, especially in Israel, but especially throughout the United States and different countries and different places. But a tiny, tiny solution would be that people would help build something called a tiny house community for homeless youth. I thought it was actually a brilliant idea. Um, the the different newspapers picked up in it, and um, different uh, people were involved. It was like an interfaith mission where a lot of different um, walks of life came together to build it. A lot of artists came, 
And it was a, a charity where people would build tiny, tiny houses for homeless youth, people who couldn't live in shelters for various reasons. They couldn't live in apartment building or supported housing or with other people, major, maybe because of histories of abuse or whatever. So what this solution was was to build tiny houses with communal kitchens, communal bathrooms, so they had to share the, 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 the showers or whatnot and the toilets or whatnot, hopefully in a hygienic way, and they would share the kitchen. But at least each person was given a tiny house, and in that tiny house which is like basically a trailer that you would attach to, like a car. But it's between 100 to 400 feet of uh, square feet of, of space, and basically it's a closet, a bed, and a couch for these these youth to have a space of their own. It was made into a tiny house community. They built about 22 to 26 houses, and they, they laid it out that it was rows and horizontal and vertical, and it was attached. There was wood in between. It was made into a really nice little community, and each of these people was given with the work of volunteers, people literally using their hands to paint, to build, to make murals and, and sayings, and making a space for them, a safe space for them to have their own space. So they don't need a mansion. No, they don't need a two, three, four bedroom house. They just need somewhere to be safe, somewhere they don't sleep on the street, they don't sleep on the benches, they don't sleep in the garbage, or they don't sleep around to give them more of a, of a safe space. And I thought it was a wonderful, brilliant idea. I was wondering if there's any way that it could be brought to Israel. What about a Jewish version of Habitat for Humanity, or a Jewish version of tiny houses, or tiny house communities, communities for those who are less fortunate, those who don't have housing or those who don't know where to live, why can't they be given houses? Why can't they be given tiny houses or at least something? Let them have a space. And if it can't be a tiny house community, why not a tiny house for them? So instead of 400 square feet, make it 600 square feet and, and include a, um, a tiny bathroom with a toilet sink and a shower. Include a tiny kitchenette where you could squeeze in a, a stove uh, and a fridge. And you squeeze in a, a couch and a bed and a closet for them. Bam. Tiny house made for people... Because in general, homelessness is a major problem, right? And how could we help them? You know, Section 8 housing or affordable housing, the neighborhoods might not be very good. It might be very dangerous. It might be very difficult for them to live in these kind of places. It might be very hard for them to live in such places. So what can we do for them? How can we help them? How could we use our hands, our bodies to be involved in helping those people? Just two small ideas of how Habitat for Humanity or the tiny houses, which was picked up by the news, a very cool concept. I like a lot. I don't like the idea of communal kitchens and communal bathrooms. I wish that each tiny house had their own bathroom, their own kitchen, but of course they had to cut costs and figure out budget-wise how to do so. Maybe if there could be a tiny house community where it's still a community of all these kids living un amongst the community, but each unit having their own tiny bathroom and tiny kitchenette would be awesome. That would be real independent living, but at least it's a step in the right direction. Really cool idea. So there, those are the things to do, how we can use our hands to build things also, to be involved in in, in helping to build for others, to, to, to build up things for others. You could use your feet to run to do a mitzvah, to go visit the sick or escort guests, and you use your tongue to avoid speaking evil or slander or cursing, God forbid, and instead to talk Torah and use your voice to help others give shurim, give lectures, give podcasts, give advice, or to, to be involved in different things. We have such technology nowadays and we learn from the verse all these materials listed to show that every aspect of one's being, every aspect of one's body should be involved in literally doing mitzvahs. Think of all the mitzvahs that we can do with our hands, like donning talis, donning tefillin, 
giving charity, literally giving charity. Or coming up soon is Purim, giving the Mishlach Manos, giving Matanos Avionim, literally with our hands. Building a sukkah, shaking a little of an esrog, making challah, making Shabbos food. Pesach is coming up in a few months, you know, taking the matzah and eating it. You know, cleaning your house for Shabbos, cleaning your house for Yom Tov. Different elements of being involved in mitzvahs with your literal hands. And you think of gamachs where they literally store things and give out things, and it's it's literal items that are needed. They have clothing gemachs, they have stuff gemachs, they have baby stuff gemachs. Everyone should be zochot to always be able to use all these gemachs. They have simcha gemachs, they have perm gemachs, they have wedding gemachs. There's a many, many, many types of gemachs. They have furniture gemachs, they have chasnakala apartments for those who can't afford them, especially for the first year or so. It's fully stocked apartment ready to go that they let the couple start off who doesn't have really enough money, even for mortgage or anything, and, and nobody can help them. They have a way to start off. How can we help other people? How can we be involved using our goof, using our body, using ourselves to be involved in helping people? As the measure points out, all of these human being components were involved in donating from the Mishkan, the soul, the body, the voice, the flesh, the blood, the intestines, the hair, the skin, the scalp, the bones, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, and the palate, and the kidneys and the heart and our limbs. Everything is involved in mitzvahs. So we have to make sure to be involved our whole being in mitzvahs. Think about how there are food pantries around involved even in my own neighborhood. I love the food pantry in our neighborhood. We donate to it and you could give food items to it. You could donate clothing. You could donate your time. You could donate food. So many different ways to be involved. Literally using your hands, using your bodies, using your money to help those around you. You think of the YUCJF missions we talked about before where they have hands-on ability to help. They went to Haiti. They went to Katrina. They send students all over. I don't know how they're doing now in Corona, but in general they have very cool missions sending students to help out with their hands. You think of Ohala, how they help out people in supportive housing and assisted housing and shelter housing, for especially for people low Lena who are in bad relationships or being abused or hurt. Ways for them to literally be enveloped in kindness and in safety. You think about how El- how Israel sends help all over the world, hands-on, training people, saving people teaching them security-wise or safety-wise or just sharing their technology and their ideas and their innovations. And you think about these different organizations, how they literally help with their hands, with their hearts, and with their minds and their minds, and how they literally help people. Look at what Maspia does. Maspia is one of those organizations that's very near and dear to our hearts, my wife and I. She actually took her students there before on a, on a, on a chesed trip. And they, her and the students actually helped prepare the food and serve the food. What a wonderful way to be fully involved in kindness, charity, chesed. They have three locations, must be, um, Flatbush, Queens, and Borough Park. And what they try to do is a wonderful thing. So they want to give food to others. They want to help others. But they do it in a very cool way. And the website explains, Maspia is a non-profit soup kitchen network and food pantry every day, providing hot, nutritious meals for hundreds of New Yorkers in desperate need of food. They're in Flappers, Queens, and Borough Park. They have a hot meal program, but they also give up bags of much-needed groceries every week to those with not enough at home. They also have weekend take-home package programs. Maspia works to not only feed the hungry, but to provide free, wholesome, and delicious meals for people in a restaurant-style environment, which really preserves the dignity and respect of the people who need the food. 
They have volunteer waiters serving each person with respect and dignity. Their soup kitchen networks, emergency food, pro- food programs serve over two million meals a day a year. Excuse me, two million meals a year in two main categories. They serve roughly a hundred thousand hot sit-down dinners to clients at their restaurant-like style soup kitchen, which is a wonderful way. You know, it could have easily been you walk in, it's a hole in the wall, and you just grab the food. But no, they have chairs, they have tables, they have people serving, literally a restaurant style. So you preserve the dignity and respect the family instead of thinking that they're getting hand-ups and hand-me-downs and getting soup kitchen food. They think instead that they're going to a restaurant. They're going to take out. They're going to eat. What a wonderful way of trying to help those with the literal body, with the literal food to nourish the souls, handing out the food with their hands. So they do the restaurant-like style soup kitchen and the rest in emergency care packages with the equivalent of nine meals worth of groceries for every member of the family. Maspia goes to great lengths to provide nutritious food to their clients, including as much fresh produce as possible. They want to make sure to help those around them. They want to make sure to be involved in helping families. They want to make sure to provide for people around them. So they do it in ways that really can help people. So they want them to have nutritious food. They want to give them as much fresh produce as possible. The meal, which is served by volunteer waiters, includes a starter salad, beverage, soup, a protein like chicken or fish, two hot side dishes, and dessert. That's even more food than I try to give my own wife and kids. It's very generous, very wonderful how much stuff they try to give. They place great emphasis on serving the clients with dignity and respect seen both in the food they serve and in the restaurant-like setting in which they serve it. They give them meals, but it requires immense resources with a full-time kitchen and chef, hundreds of weekly volunteers to prepare food, greet the guests, and serve the clients. The hot dinner service caters to the old and frail, the homeless, and people who are in a crisis situation with no means to cook for themselves. They serve roughly 2,000 hot dinners each week out of three locations, Flatbush Bar Park in Queens. The gold standard of an emergency food package is to include enough food for three meals for three days for every member in the family. They model their pocket, their packages on the My Plate meal size recommendations, including grains, fruits, and vegetables, and protein. The package size varies relative to family size, and they have a guide how they create the packages. And the packages cater more to women and children who have a home to cook in but have no means to buy raw ingredients. So a wonderful, wonderful organization that literally involves the goof, involves the heart, the heart of the mission, involves the hands to give out the food, and involves the legs that they walk to hand out the food, and involves the whole soul of catering, nourishing fellow Jews, fellow people around us who don't have the means to support themselves, especially with the food they need. I also think of Tom Shabbos, especially in Queens. They have many, many branches. I know they're all over the country. I think they might even be all over the world, but they're also a wonderful, wonderful organization where where they want to serve as the middleman between the hungry and those willing to share. They do it on an all-volunteer basis. They spend at least 90 cents of each donated dollar on food for distribution. What they do for more than 30 years, Tom Shabbos, especially Queens, is the one that we donated. We once volunteered also. They provide food packages on a weekly basis to needy families and individuals throughout whatever area they're helping them. For example, Queens, New York. Services expanded into parts of Long Island, which are underserved, and there presently approximately 400 packages are delivered weekly, especially to their Queens location. 
The scope of the recipients varies widely. Might be a woman with children whose husband has left lonely, no God forbid. Or an elderly couple on a very limited pension, God forbid. Or a family whose breadwinner has suddenly lost his or her job, God forbid. It might be a family where illness saps the resources, God forbid. It might be other cases of despair. We should never know from such things, but we should know there's a wonderful organization. Tom Cheshavis does that. But the common denominator is need. Local clergy who come in close contact with problem cases refer the the people. School principals and teachers who see children coming to school having skip breakfasts or other meals. Social workers who deal with human needs on a daily basis may refer the people. The people involved are all volunteers encompassing the spectrum of ages and professions and backgrounds. The shared goal is the care of our extended of their extended family, those among who are in need, and it's funded by ninety five percent through the generosity of individuals and firms who wish to see direct positive results for their contributions within the community. There are no salaries, minimal minimal operating overhead. They purchase over 95% of the food products distributed. I can tell you personally from both of these organizations, my wife went to Masbia with her students in the past, and we ourselves, my wife and ourselves, actually did a Tom Cheshabbos run. What a wonderful feeling. What a wonderful opportunity to donate packages, to donate that, you know, you, 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 you load up the boxes and then they give you a route to deliver the boxes. And of course, you want to maintain the dignity, the respect. And the the privacy of the person, so you don't even want to meet the person. So a lot of times you might ring the bell and run away, or you might want to want to want to hand it to them, try not to see them. During Corona times, obviously, it probably has to be done a little differently. But the main thing is we want to preserve the dignity and respect of people that need these things. So you might you might just drop it off without having to know who it is. Again, one of the highest levels of charity is giving to someone you don't know and someone receiving it from someone they don't know. Anonymous both ways. Obviously, one of the higher levels is finding someone a job, giving them a job that could be self-sufficient. But one of the highest levels of charity is doing anonymous both ways. And these organizations figure out ways to do so. And, and it's just wonderful, wonderful ways to be involved in using your body, using your guff, using your neshama, using your hands, using your arms to do so. Think about different organizations in Israel that actually use themselves, use their resources, use their bodies, their beings to be involved in chesed, in, in mitzvahs. And they're all starting with the name Yad, Yad Eliezer. And Israel deals with food baskets, Yad Leia, deals with clothing. There's also... Yad Sara, which is another organization that helps. And then there's Yad Yosef Hamashpir, which is an organization I was actually involved in when I was in, in studying in, in seminary for two years in Rashid and Beit Shemesh. They also package food and give out food to local people. And they all have the names Yad in common. And it's not a coincidence. Yad, using the hand, giving out, giving to others, helping others. Not a coincidence. Yad Eliezer is explained on Wikipedia. It's a Jewish poverty relief organization in Israel, best known for its monthly distribution of thousands of family food packages, baby formula, and baby food packages. Yad Leah is a volunteer-based 501 nonprofit organization which sends clothing to poor families in Israel. We have done this in the past. They've come, come to our community, I think, annually. Once a year they come and we donate. We drop off bags of clothing. We give whatever, sweatshirts, T-shirts, or, or shoes, or anything we can give. They load it up. They take tons and tons and tons of clothing. They bring it to poverty, to people who are in poverty. We should never know from such things. They bring it to people that need it. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. 
It was founded in 2004 by Passaic resident Jessica Katz and Beitar elite resident Karen Milch Thaler. It distributes tens of thousands of articles of clothing to over 25 communities annually, selling them for a nominal fee. Alea is a volunteer center located in Passaic, New Jersey, where volunteers can pack and store donated clothing. And Yad Sara Wikipedia also points out it's the largest national volunteer organization in Israel. They employ over 6,000 volunteers, which is with a salaried staff of 150. They serve over 350 thousand clients a year best known for its free loans of over 244,000 pieces of medical and rehabilitative home care equipment annually enabling sick those with disabilities elderly and recuperating patients to live at home we should never know from such things saves the country's economy an estimated 320 million dollars in hospital fees and long-term care costs each year again being involved Again, being involved in using your hands to, to actually help those around you. And I wanted to touch on the idea how we talked about Yad Yosef and Live Note. Yad Yosef was a wonderful food packing organization. It's literally in Ramat Beit Shemesh. I went to school for two years in Beit Shemesh. I would go on Thursdays. I would try to organize some of the kids from yeshiva, from seminary to come with me. We took a sheirut, a taxi, sabari, sabari. A 10 or 12 person t- passenger taxi we'd go during our, our lunch break basically on Thursday. We'd package the food and, and we'd put all the things in different packages and then they would take it on the truck and, and donate it. And that actually was one of the best feelings of my whole life, being able to physically use my hands to help. And that's the idea of the Mishkan, you know, people using, physically using their hands, using their resources to donate to help those around. And again, another wonderful thing in high school and I went on the Mitnat Vim, the volunteer mission. Nighttime we would look at different yeshivot because we were in that stage thinking about where we were going to go for the year. But during the day we would actually go and try to help out and one of the places we helped out was Livnot or Lehibanot, to build and to be built. And they talk about Livnot.org that their mission is a holistic mission. Physically and spiritually challenging Israel experience program that connects participants to their heritage and community in an open environment. The program strengthened the Jewish identity through hiking the land of Israel, experiential education, community service, and meaningful interactions with local Israelis. It's basically an organization that helps kids help out in different ways. So it's not only that they build and they paint, but it's different ways to have an experience to help out. It provides a powerful and just transformative experience to all. It builds a strong sense of Jewish community and encourages personal growth through challenge. But develops a meaningful sense of identity, belonging, connectedness, not only to the land of Israel, but to Jewish values. Their impact goes very far. They do different things, being involved in Jewish activities in the daily routine through Shabbat and social gatherings, retreats, holiday service to the community, and they are active community in, in, in professionals and involved in all aspects. And the, the name, to build and to be built, refers to the physical contribution of participants to building the land of Israel to the knowledge and experience of the gain during the program. It's a transdenominational nonprofit organization that's been running immersive Israel experience programs since 1980. So they started then, and they, already, they were executing and rebuilding the ruins of the old city of Safat, hiking through Israel, giving Jewish values and classes, and discussions and workshops. They also have another 
branch, I believe, in Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, because that's where we were. We weren't up in uh, Tzafat at that time. But they, they, the workers and the volunteers, they make significant and wide-ranging contributions during times of peace and crisis. They have repaired over 3,000 homes for elderly, disabled, and terror victims. They renovated 230 bomb shelters and lent a helping hand to community centers throughout Israel. Their workers and volunteers are responsible for delivering emergency provisions of food and water, excavating the cultural tunnels, building parks, aiding in the absorption of, of European, Ethiopian immigrants, and much more. And they're, they're involved in English-speaking Jewish adults in their 20s with minimal education. And they have the opportunity to be involved in different areas to help out. It's a wonderful organization where people really use their hands to build. People really use their hands to help out. And it's a wonderful thing to do. And they, this was something that we actually did when we were in Israel. What I myself did. And I believe they have a branch in Sfat and a branch in Jerusalem, if I'm not mistaken. It was really was a really cool thing to do. It really was a really uh, amazing thing to be involved, literally building the the land, literally building aspects around. About we talk about all those materials, all those utensils, all those things donated, and we see how 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 it was involved. We see the elements involved. The medrash picked up on the fact that there were elements involved. The medrash picked up on the fact that. The soul and the human being and the body and the voice and the veins and the flesh and the blood and the intestines and the hair, the skin of the face and the scalp and the bones and the eyes and the nose and the mouth and the palate and the intestines and the kidneys and the heart and all the limbs were involved in, in, in donating to the Mishkan, were involved in how much more apropos can we be than to actually do whatever we can to donate our time, to donate our resources, to donate ourselves, our bodies, our goof, to, to help those around us. The more we are involved, the more we are actively involved in doing chesed, I feel like the better there is solution. I love to, to use my hands to help out others. Obviously, I'm not handy. talk about that a lot. Obviously, I'm not a carpenter. I'm not official builder. But we can use our hands, we can use our feet to be involved in different aspects of chesed, to be involved in different aspects of mitzvahs, to help those around us. When I cook for others, it's an immersive and immense, wonderful, wonderful experience. God willing, we're actually going to cook for families this week. And it's a wonderful thing whether we do it for wonderful smachot, we should only know from smachot, like someone has a baby and there's a meal train and it's our turn. Or lo aleinu, lo aleinu, someone loses someone and they just can't, can't cook. They can't, they can't get around to it. It's a wonderful thing to be able to help those around. It's obviously not for tragedy purposes. What we can do, what we can do to help out people is to be immersively involved in using our goof, using our limbs, using ourselves. When we see people building houses for others, building tiny houses for others, building up repairing for others, whether it's live note or whether it's Habitat for Humanity, or even, even Lahavda, 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 there used to be a show, Extreme Echo Home Edition, renovating a house for someone that really, really needed it. Uh, a crazy show also in the past, Lahavda, Lahavda. How can we use our hands to build and to help with others? How can we give to others? We donate the clothing off our back that we don't need anymore for others, like Yad Sara. Donating our time, donating our hands to package food for Yad Yosef, or for Yad Eliezer, or for Tom Shabbos, or using our hands to donate to someone in Masbia, volunteering our time, helping out to those around us. That's what it's all about. Hashem tells us, make for me a mikdash and I will dwell among you. The commentators point out why switch 
the text. What do you mean, v'asu li mikdash v'asu, and then betocham? What do you mean? It should be that you make a mikdash plural, and I'll dwell among you plural. But no, Hashem says, I will dwell amongst you privately, each one of you. You open a space for me. We've talked about this before. And I will come inside. Open a needle space for me, Hashem says. I'll come inside. You build a mikdash by doing for others. The Beit Knesset is a mikdash ma'at. But also our hearts can be mikdash ma'at. If we do our services, if we do our chesed, we do our mitzvahs, we do what we can to help those around us. We do what we can to be involved in helping those around us. Use your hands. Get involved. Do what you can. You package and you donate toys to others. You package and you donate food for others. You think about toys for tots. We talked about the other week. Or, or the Jewish version, the Chai Lifeline toy drive. Or you give to gemachs. You give to, to, to toy gemachs. You give to wedding gemachs. You give to clothing gemachs. You give to the food pantry. You give to whatever you can, however way you can, to be involved in chesed, to be involved in mitzvahs, to be involved in Torah. That's the best way. It's not that we're supposed to be in the study halls, that we're supposed to learn about it theoretically. No, we're supposed to physically give, physically do, using our bodies, using ourselves to immersify ourselves and be immensely involved in mitzvahs, chesed, Torah, giving to others, being involved with others, doing whatever we can to do for others. Just as the Medrash points out from Chabad, how all of the elements, all the aspects of the body of the guf was involved in helping out in the Mishkan, so too we should make sure that we ourselves are involved. All of our aspects, all of our bodies, all of our souls, all of our existence are literally involved in helping and doing mitzvahs and in trying to help others, trying to do for others, trying to participate whatever we can. And we tried to point out wonderful organizations that literally involve the guf. And if you can't give your time, you can't give yourselves, can't give your resources, especially during Corona, why not? donate. We have to give tzedakah anyway. These organizations do amazing things. You think about Masbiyah. You think about Tom Cheshabis. You think about Yad Yosef, Yad Sara, Yad Leah, Live Note. Wonderful, wonderful organizations that involve the guf, that involve the body. How could we do so on our own ways? And our own community has a food pantry. Our own community sends clothing, which is wonderful. Our own community has chesed, has gemachs that we could donate. We could do so in whatever capacity we have. We could cook for others. We could host others in safe healthy, proper ways during Corona times. We can be involved in in Hachnas' Orchem, literally using our hands to cook and prepare areas for others, to give to others. We think about Purim, how we give Mishloch Mana, we give Matanah Levyonim, how we could give Tzedakah, give to others. Whatever we can to do for others, to be involved for others is what we can. The Mishkan teaches us how everyone was involved with all their bodies and all their elements. So too, in all of our lives, we should immersify our entire bodies, our entire existence, and as many mitzvahs as we can, in order to make the world as best we can in all of our days and maybe maybe Michelle can finally come today this has been the audio DT with Reb T and I'm your host Reb T